Y'all excited today? Good, good. Let's say hello to all our campuses. We have four other campuses out there. Actually, we have a bunch more than four. We have San Marcos. Say San Marcos. San Marcos. Say East County. Yeah. Say City Heights. Yeah. Say San Ysidro. Yeah. Uh, uh, Donovan State Prison and Juvenile Hall. Say Donovan State Prison, Juvenile Hall. What's up? <laughs> say Microsites. <laughs> say Tijuana. <laughs> and everybody else watching online, let's give them all a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. We got a lot to do today, so let's get on our knees and pray. And I'll tell you one very short message while we're on our knees, because I know some of y'all knees are, can't stand the concrete that you're sitting on. Um, two Saturdays ago, we had prayer every Saturday, two Saturdays ago, um, I was praying and God said, I want you to encourage your church to fight in prayer. Fight to obey God and fight with expectation. Yesterday at prayer, my wife got healed, and so I want to encourage you to come to prayer because uh, y'all need it. Amen? And, and what I'm praying right now, I'm going to pray for y'all to be healed. There's some of y'all in here to be healed. Now, some of y'all think, well, how does healing happen? I don't know. God just does it. <laughs> so it's above my pay grade. I don't really need to know. I just need to know what to ask. So let's all bow our heads and pray. And, Lord, I pray for right now there's people here with leg problems, liver problems, cancer problems, emotional problems, I pray in Jesus' name that you heal them, that you align their health with the kingdom of heaven. They may feel heat, they may feel something pop, and Lord, I pray that they, after we pray, that they would feel their leg and their shoulder, their elbow, and say, it feels better. God actually did something. Lord, challenge us today to obey you, challenge us to trust you in Jesus' name, amen. Before you move, before you move, if God healed you, I want you to feel it, whatever was hurting, and tell the person next to you, if it's better, God healed you, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Oh, God going to do something today, God going to do something today. Let's see your Bibles on three. If you are a visitor, we lift our Bibles up. On three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Turn to the book of Acts, chapter 8. The book of Acts, chapter 8. If you are a visitor, my name is Miles. I'm the pastor of the church. And this month, February 27th, we are 17 years old. We started 2000, the year 2000. Amen. Um, I got saved in 1984, and in 1984 or 1985, I can't remember, right around that time, I started a Bible study at my house with some Filipino kids in Rancho Penasquitas. Mm-hmm. Got my Filipino peoples and, 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 and Filipinos in the house. Kamustaka, <laughs> kamustaka. And now we are here today with all kind of peoples. We've got the United Nations. Um, I was at the barber yesterday. I was at the uh, Friday, I'm sorry, I was at the barber Friday, and um, I was waiting, it was probably an hour wait, and there were about all the couches, there was uh, 10 people waiting when I got there. So I'm sitting there waiting, waiting, and you know, TV's on, everyone's talking, and the seat next to me opened up, was empty, I was on the couch, and this guy falls into the seat. And he says to me, hey, aren't you that pastor guy, you know, pastor that church? And I'm like, yeah, I'm the pastor guy. And he's like, look, I, I need God. He says, I've been money and parties and this is not, it's just not satisfying me. And I I need to know why I'm on earth, what my purpose is. Can you help me? I need to know God. And he's saying this, you know, he's like passionate. He starts crying and he starts crying old school like this. You know how some people wipe their eyes? He took his fist and started doing this with his eyes. (laughs) 
and, and, he, and, he, and he's just, you know, pouring his heart out to me. And, and I'm like, listen to him. I feel like everybody in the barbershop's going, so what are you going to tell him, you know? Because the dude wants to know God, and you're the pastor guy, so tell him. And I was so fired up and encouraged. This guy says, I, I can't take this anymore. I need to know. How do I get God in my life? What is the purpose of my life? Now, question to you. How many of you would love to know your purpose for being on this earth? Raise your hand. That means all y'all don't know your purpose. That you are a human being. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get on you, but I'm saying this is a very important thing for you to know. And so I'm sitting and listening to this guy. How many of you would love to have the blessings of God in your life? More blessings of God in your life. Very good. You are in the right place. Every week we try to tell you. Every week we do tell you. I don't say try, we do. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. In the context of that relationship with Jesus Christ, he's going to reveal to you. That by the way, your number one purpose in life is to have a relationship with God. Let's keep it simple. People have babies so they can love the babies. God created people so he could love us. Let's keep it simple. It's not to have a job. It's not to make money. It's to have a relationship with God. Now, in the context of that relationship, he's going to show you your purpose. Are you following me? So here's what I'm going to do. Today we have uh, ministry fair. Last week and next week we have ministry fair. And it's based on our mission. And it's, based, it's helped to get you into your purpose. And spe- specifically today, um, is our equip ministries designed to get you into your purpose. Your purpose is not to work a job. Your purpose is to glorify God in your life. That he created you for like a shoe. The purpose of a shoe is to put on a foot and protect the foot. The purpose of a shirt is to protect the, your, 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 your arms and, and shoulders and, and chest, etc. You are a purpose to glorify God. Now, he will use you to do things, saying, encourage people, teach, but it's to glorify God in the end, not you. Are you following me? Okay, so let me, let me draw something on the board here, and then we'll get into our message. Um, the mission of the church is three words. Save. Everyone say save. save. Say equip. equip. Say send. send. This is very simple. This has been our mission since day one, 17 years. Save means to give your life to Jesus Christ. That is step one. I need to enter into relationship with Jesus Christ. It does not mean attend the church. It means be saved. Attending church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Just as living in your garage doesn't make you a car. Are you following me? Okay. Living in your garage just means your mama don't want you in the house. So, save means I'm going to ask Christ to be my savior. Some of y'all are just like, oh, wow, that's why I'm living here? Yeah, you have no job and your mama don't want you in the house anymore. Okay, save. Now, save, how do people get saved here? We call it so good. Say, everyone say so good. The, the S is for Sunday. People get saved on Sunday. The o, one of the O's is uh, online. We have over half a million people saved through digital evangelism last year. One-on-one and outreach ministries. Okay? Now, with the funnel, when people get saved, the next step is equip. In other words, I establish a relationship with Christ. Now I have to grow. That's what this kid was asking me. He had already asked Christ to be a savior. I found out in my conversation with him. But he's saying, now I need, what is it, what's next? Okay, so here we have what we call life class. Everyone say life class. This is every week. We have life class. We have four classes, L-I-F-E, and those classes are designed to help you understand how God created you and get you into serving and operating in your gift and your design. Some of you are a shoe and you're trying to be a shirt. 
Some of you are an ear and you're trying to be a mouth. You want to teach because you think there's more glory in it, but yet God made you an ear and you're a horrible teacher. You're not a horrible teacher because there's something wrong with you. You're just doing the wrong thing. That's it. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a really, I'm not a really good patient listener over a long period of time. I don't feel guilty about that. God didn't make me that way. But I'm a talker. Okay? And I used to not think I was a talker because I didn't know God gave me that gift. And, and, and I used to be asked to speak. And I said, I'm not a speaker. I was just ignorant to how I was designed. You need to know how you were designed. Life class. Everyone say life class. Life class is free. It does not cost you anything. A lot of people, we never mentioned cost. I don't know, people just assume it costs money because it's so valuable. Every Sunday, 2 o'clock, every campus, life class. Go to life class. Also, groups. Groups are groups of about 5 to 10 people where you can meet every week and get to know people. Okay, so here's my question to you. When that kid sat next to me, I call him a kid. When he sat next to me and started asking me that question, he was saying, help me. And I asked you, how many of you would like to grow? How many of you would like to know your purpose? And all of you raised your hand. So here's my question to you. What is stopping you from asking for help? Nothing. Nothing. Ain't nothing stopping you. And when he was saying, I, I've been trying to get God, I've been trying to get God. And I'm like, well, what have you done? But he didn't really do all the right things. So, okay, so now you can do the right things. What I tell him? Come to church and go to life class. Start there. That's how I would tell all of y'all. Go to Life Plus. Today, right today, we have a ministry fair. Now, the ministry fair is designed to do two things. This ministry fair. To get you to be aware of all the ministries that are equipped to help people grow in their faith. So you can serve in them. But the first step is to go to Life Class and then become part of those ministries. Where you can learn and have somebody you can ask, can you help me learn the Bible? Can you help me serve? Can you help me be a better Christian? Can you help me understand my purpose? So let me read these to you. They're right there in the bulletin, right there in your, in your hand. College ministry, groups, life class, marriage and family, men, military, rock school of ministry, rock pile, women's ministry, young adult. All these ministries are today when you walk out of your sanctuaries right there, someone's going to direct you in all the different campuses where you can go find information. If you really want to grow, what is stopping you from asking someone to help you? Nothing. Except you. Amen? Amen. The last part, which we'll talk about next week, is send. These are go serve in a ministry. We're going to have about, throughout all our church, almost 200 booths next week. All the ministries that are serving out in the community. That's next week. Today, this is for you. I want you to go find out what ministry you can serve in, but also what ministry you can join so you can grow. The only thing that's going to stop you from joining a ministry and saying, hey, I want to learn. I want to become what God's called me to be. The only thing that's going to stop you is you. Okay, Acts chapter 8. Very simple story. Acts chapter 8, this story is about a man who... Ask for help. He's an Ethiopian eunuch. He is a servant in Ethiopia. He is not a believer, but he is searching for God. And he is going to ask for help. Everyone say, ask for help. Make it simple. This is the read. Chapter 8 of Acts, verse 26. It says, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, go to the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, 
a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge over her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. So this is an Ethiopian eunuch. He is a servant. He was, the eunuchs were castrated, or sometimes you could be a voluntary eunuch when say, I'm just not going to be with women and so I could be devoted to God. In this situation, he was castrated and he was serving. And sometimes the, Ethiop- the eunuchs were in charge of harems, so they castrated them so there'd be no, no funny business. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm just saying, I, I, I bless those brothers. Uh, <laughs> verse 28, and he was returning. He was sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot where the Ethiopian eunuch is. Philip ran ahead and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I understand unless someone help me or guide me? And he asked Philip to come into his chariot and sit with him. And the place in the scripture where he read was, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a slam before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? This is talking about Jesus in the Old Testament. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or some other man? Obviously, the prophet was talking about Jesus a thousand years before Jesus actually died. Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scriptures, preached Jesus to the eunuch. And as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, I have, there is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized them. And when they came out of the water, the spirit caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. Very, very simple story. This guy is reading the Bible. He doesn't know what he's reading. And the spirit of God sends someone to him and he says, hey, can you help me? That's it. And we'll say, hey, can you help me? This, this is the most powerful thing you could say. Can you help me? Look in your notes. I'm going to give you four things to do. Very simple. Four things to do. Very simple. Number one, read the Bible whether you understand it or not. <laughs> I don't understand the Bible, so I'm not going to read it. How are you going to understand if you don't read it? I don't know how to brush my teeth. Well, how are you going to understand unless you put toothbrush in your mouth? I don't have a girlfriend. How are you going to get one if you don't ask? And by the way, rejection is way overrated. Can I get an amen? Because you may get rejected, but God didn't want you to have that girl. God didn't want you to have that guy. Don't worry about it. Just just try. Read the Bible. So we're going to put a link up on our website, sdrock.com slash Bible. We have a reading plan for you. Start reading. One chapter a day. We also have a book, our book I wrote. Man, I wrote this book like 20-something years ago, and it's online for free called 21 Jumpstart. It will help you understand how to read the Bible. It goes to the book of John. So if you don't know how to read the Bible, we're helping you right here. Here's one way. Go to sdrock.com slash Bible. Start reading. Just read. By the way, the Bible says that the Bible, says the Bible is the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two just sword. In other words, the Bible, when you read it, it reads you. In other words, as you're reading it, it may say, God is love. And as you're reading that, you start crying. I don't know why I'm crying. Why? Because the God that's loving is loving you. And he starts speaking to you. 
And you may be reading something about, you know, love, love your enemies as your, as your friends. And then God may say to you, you need to stop watching pornography. You're like, I don't know why I'm thinking about pornography because the spirit of God needs to talk to you about pornography. Do you know that one out, of every one, one out of every two guys watches pornography? Or have. And one out of every six women. And you know the day they watch pornography the most? Sunday. Sunday. Pornography makes more than the NBA, baseball, pro baseball, pro football, pro hockey, and pro basketball combined. The Spirit of God says, is the word pornography? Yeah, it is. It's called fornicia. It's uh, fornication. The Spirit of God may say, hey, uh, you need to stop. And you're reading about forgiveness. Why? Because the Spirit of God is living and active. It's alive. Read the Bible. Now, in your notes, look in your notes. There's a little space called time and place. You need to pick a time and a place you're going to read it. Just pick a place. What time do you get up? Get up at 7 o'clock, pick 6.30. 6.30 a.m. or 7 o'clock a.m., I'm going to read it in my kitchen, in my bed, in my office, in my car, in the garage. Well, I live in the garage, so in my bedroom. <laughs> I'm going to go in the backyard in the summertime. But here's the time and a place I'm going to read it. And here's my encouragement to you. You read the Bible and you always have a pen and a paper because God is going to speak to you. And you don't want to forget what he says. I still understand what it's going to say. Just start. Just start. Collateral? Clear? Yes? Look at the person next to you and say, start reading the Bible. Number two. Everyone say number two. Ask for help. Say ask for help. One more time. Raise your hand if you say, you know what, I really want God to change my life. Okay, one more thing. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Raise your hand real high. If you want God to change your life, raise your hand real high. Look at the person next to you and keep your hand up. Say, are you serious? Look at the person next to you. Say, did you put the other one on today? <laughs> brother, please, we're at church, okay? <laughs> Look what he says. He says, Verse 30, Philip ran and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how, unless someone guides me. When I first got saved, I was asking all the guys on my team Bible questions. What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? I was like just going from one guy to another. What does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And this one guy said to me, "Uh, you need to be discipled. I said, what is that? He said, you need someone in your life who could teach you this stuff so you don't keep asking all of us. He didn't say that part, but that's not what I mean. <laughs> he said, you need someone that's going to meet with you every week and just and, and, and explain this stuff to you and teach you how to read the Bible. I was like, really? Will you do that? And he went, no, nah, no, nah, I, I can't do that. And I was crushed. He said, you need to ask Sherman. So I went to Sherman and said, Sherman, will you disciple me? And I, I didn't understand what that word meant. And the commitment I was asking him to make. And Sherman was, I'm barely, I'm 5'11 and 7'8. Sherman was 6'4. And he was 225 pounds ripped, just muscular. I mean, just like, like a superhero. And, and, and he looked down at me and I said, Sherman, Sherman, will you disciple me? I, I, I want to know the Bible. I want to learn the Bible. And he went, I'll pray about it, brother. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you'll 
pray about it. I haven't been a Christian long, but that sounds like you're going to think about it, and you may say no. That's a big commitment, my young brother. Are you ready for that? I was like, yeah, man, I want you to decide. I was all geeked up, and he did it. Me, Sherman, and two other people, every week, Tuesday was our day off for three hours, we met. I want to challenge you to ask somebody. Now, you may be surrounded with dope fiends and drug addicts, and those are the wrong people to ask. <laughs> well, who do I ask? <laughs> I don't have anybody in my life. That is a great case for you to get around some different kind of people. Are you following me? That's a great case for you to go to life class and get into a group and surround yourself with people who can invest good into your life. Because if you are surrounded with people who are investing junk into your life, guess what's going to come out of your life? Junk. And you know where they put junk? In the garbage can. So if you want your life to change, change the people that are around you. And, and, and by the way, if you ask one person and they say no. If you call the church and don't get a call back, which you should get a call back. But if you don't get a call back, or, some, or you find, don't blame anybody else. You keep asking. You keep pounding on the door. You keep fighting because it's your life that's at stake. It's your purpose that's at stake. That you can live your whole life and not know your purpose. That is 100% your responsibility. Now, our responsibility is to help you with that. Yes, absolutely. But it's your responsibility to keep pounding the door. Because remember, as the guy was reading in the chariot, the Spirit of God was sending Philip. You pray. God will answer your prayer. God, I want someone to disciple me. And you keep praying and you keep praying. God, I want someone to teach me. I want someone to mentor me and my wife. Me and my, me and my husband. Me as a man. Me as a woman. I want to learn what it means. I don't want, just want to come to church. Coming to church only, if that's all you get, it's like eating one meal a week and not eating for the rest of the week. You're going to starve. And if spiritually, all you get is coming here. And by the way, the average person comes less than once a month, less, less than twice a month. So, so you, you have to ask yourself, how, how are you going to grow with that? This guy said, help me. Everyone say, help me. You find someone, identify someone to help you. Number three in your notes. Number three, trust and obey the word. <laughs> this is muy facil. <laughs> this is very simple. Do what God says. I will trust in the Lord. For he alone is worthy to be saved. I don't know who she thinks she is. They ain't even her real hair. You know she's going to unclip it when she got home. I will trust it. Which one are you? So many people are spiritually schizophrenic. Y'all got multiple personalities. Y'all praising the God coming here looking like all that. Oh, I hope I get a man. I will run upon the Lord. <laughs> Y'all are here. God loves you, though. He loves you. He really does. He really does. <laughs> Watch it. How many, how, many y'all, how many of y'all have gossiped before? Keep your hand up real high. Just some of y'all like. Keep your hand up real high. How many of y'all have gossiped in the last week? 
Keep your hand up. Oh, stop that. <laughs> you know, gossip is the same as uh, murder. Look at those gay people. You sleeping around? What you talking about? Look at those people protesting. You talk trash? What you talking about? Take care of you. Just take care of you. If you just took care of you, everything would be fine. God has not given you them. That's not your responsibility, by the way. God told you to control you. That's it. He didn't tell you to control them. He told you to control you. You take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. You know what's ironic about this guy who is a eunuch? They believe that he actually took Christianity to Ethiopia. This guy. Why? Because God said, I'm a, whoever's available, I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. And number four, and we're going to end with here because we're going to go out to the ministry fair and all our campuses. Number four, be baptized. Be baptized. You go to any of the information booths and all the campuses, ask them, I want to be baptized. Some, some campuses have baptism at different times. You go there and ask the people at the information booth at all the campuses, I want to be baptized. You be baptized by an individual. You can be baptized in an event. We'll baptize you. When you get baptized, you're saying, one, asking Christ to be your Savior, and then as you go under the water, because we're going to dunk you. And if they know you and they really know you, they're going to hold you down a little while. <laughs> Maybe a few things you need to get right before you come up. <laughs> and when purple bubbles start coming up, that's when they let you up. But when you get baptized, it's like saying, I am dying. My old, I am burying my old self in the grave, and I am rising up a new creature in Christ. This guy said, uh, you just told me about Jesus, that he died and rose from the dead for my sin. This is the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, Philip. Uh, you just told me I need to be baptized. Can we get baptized right now? I don't want to wait any longer. Think about this guy. Can you help me right now? Can we get baptized right now? God's like, I got a live one. And when that guy was in that seat in the barbershop, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got a live one. And, and, and let me tell you, after I talked to him, and encourage him to go to the campus that's near his house. And by the way, if you're in church, no one knows who you are, so don't be tripping. No one knows who you are. But I, I encourage him to go to the campus by my house. He said, can you pray for me? Like right now, right here in this barbershop, because I don't care. I was like, oh, yeah. And we stood up. I, I, no, I, I prayed for him sitting down. Then we, we stood up and hugged him. And he's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and, and I don't know how many people in the barbershop heard. I hope all of them. I've been in this barbershop twice. It's new one my son turned me on to. It's near my house. I've been there twice. And twice, someone came up to me and said, aren't you that pastor guy? I'm going there. Why? Because it's ministry, baby. It's ministry. And, 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 and if you, you, you may be the person saying, I need to help somebody. I need to get help. But you may be the person because all of y'all at some point need to be the person that helps somebody else. Because if all of y'all got help and then helped somebody else, guess what happens? The faith grows. People's lives are changed. The culture's changed. But if all you're doing is coming for you, that means you're not being helped, so you're not growing a whole lot, and you're not helping anybody, so you're not multiplying yourself. That's what the devil wants. He wants you to be all about you. And what you see in our culture is people, it's all about them. It's my rights, what I want. That's why you have division. But when you say, no, I'm going to serve you. In a minute, we're going to pray. And here's my challenge to you. 
Yes, we're going to ask all of you to go to the ministry fair on all your campuses. However, before that, we need you to make a commitment that I want to, one, give my life to Christ. Some of you need to give your life to Christ like the eunuch. I want to be saved. I want Jesus to forgive me of my sin. The only reason that you do not have Christ in your life is because of you. And nothing's stopping you. Or there's some of you in here, you know what? You just need to surrender. Because you, you, you're, you're like the guy in the barbershop. You accepted it, but you've been chasing the wrong things and trying to find fulfillment in the wrong places. And now you're like, no, I'm going to do this. You see people come in all the campuses. You see people come walk down uh, at the altar call every week. And you're like, maybe next week. Maybe next week. Because something's telling you something horrible is going to happen to you. You know that you don't have to give your life to God for him to do something horrible to you. One, God doesn't do horrible things to you. But he doesn't need your permission even if he wanted to. He could just take you out right now. That's not what he does. God is about life. It's about blessing. Amen? I used to think, well, if I give my life to Jesus, he's going to make me into something weird. <laughs> You're already weird. You don't need any help in that department. <laughs> Let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, in all the campuses, there are people who are sitting in that barbershop saying, I need more. I need God. I need to know my purpose. I need to pursue it. I need to, I need to take action. And there's nothing in my way but me. So if you're ready to surrender in any form, whether you're asking Christ to be your Savior or you're simply taking that next step like the guy in the barbershop saying, listen, I already asked Christ to be my Savior, but I haven't been pursuing God right. I want to know what my next step is. I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I surrender. I give my life to Jesus. 100%. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. El Espíritu Santo, llena mi corazón con tu presencia poderosa. Holy Spirit, fill my heart with your powerful presence. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I'm not going to do this on my own anymore. If God spoke to you during that sermon and you feel like you want to ask Christ to be your Savior, it's as simple as A, B, C. One, admit and accept that you are a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and he died for your sin and rose from the dead. And then confess yourself as a sinner and say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. So if you would like to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, I just want you to just look at me right now. And pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart, knowing that God knows you and loves you very much. Say, dear God, I believe that I'm a sinner. I know the penalty of my sin is death. And I don't want to die and go to hell. But I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died and rose from the dead for my sin. And I confess myself a sinner and ask him to forgive me of my sin. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. And fill me with the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, 
You just ask Christ to be your Savior. We want to know, and we want to email you some resources. So if you just prayed that prayer with me to accept Jesus as your Savior, click on the link that just appeared, and we want to send you some free resources. God bless you, and we'll see you in heaven.